Good morning. I'm Isaiah. I'm the lead pastor here at the Power Place. The Power Place exists to help you encounter the Lord's presence daily. It's why we exist. It's why we're here. Uh, we're, we're, a, we're a body of people that believe that God is the only answer, period. Period. And so we, we come into alignment with each other and we say, hey, listen, what can we do um, to better ourselves? How can we get to the next? I, I believe uh, personally that we never stop growing until we enter heaven. And so I, I daily want to get in his presence so that I can continue to grow on a daily basis. And so if you're not daily encountering the Lord as of right now, let me encourage you and pastor you for a moment. You must to grow. You must daily encounter him to grow. And so if you're not finding his presence daily, uh, let me encourage you right now, start today. Start today. Don't let tomorrow go on without you encountering him. Don't let Tuesday go on. Don't let Sunday be just a jolt, and then you take the week off until you get back next week. That's not how it works. That's not how he intended it. He intended us to get into his presence daily, to be challenged by his, his presence, and to be challenged by the Holy Spirit in our life. And so that, that leading and guiding, that, that correction that you feel, that's the Holy Spirit. When you're in this place, you know, and, and you have something rise up inside, and you're like, ooh, man, that, that kind of feels kind of funny. Yeah, that's, that's the Holy Spirit challenging you in that area. Take that as a godly correction. Apply that so that we can get better. Amen? Because this world needs leaders of tomorrow. And so what we're doing is we're, we're, we're starting these things. We're starting these, these fires and start inside of people that says, hey, listen, just so you know, you're, you're an igniter. And so I need you to go and ignite some fires. Okay? It's not just for you. It's not just for your home. Don't, don't let it be contained to your home. Let it be a fire that, that anybody and everybody that you have a conversation with, you start to ignite fires all around you. Uh, tomorrow is our second year launch day of the Power Place Academy. Yeah. Yes, we're so excited. Um, we've, got, we've got our teachers in place. We've got our head of school. We've got all, our, all of our, our aides getting ready, to, uh, our, our school admin. I, just so many exciting things for me. I love seeing second year First year, you know, you, you work out all the kinks, and then second year, you still work out all the kinks, you know? It's, it's so exciting. I love it. This is, we're in such a fun, uh, fun state of, of time right now where God is, is pushing us and, and pulling us in so many different directions, and we're loving what God is doing. And so the Power Place Academy is here um, to build kingdom-minded kids, and this will be the second year of building kingdom-minded kids in this house, and we're excited about it. We're excited about the students that, that are going to learn, glean, and grow this year. If you're going, uh, if you're a student, if you're a teacher, if you're a principal, if you're a school aide, if you're an assistant, if you work in the school, I just want you to stand right now. If you work in the school in any way, any school, not, not the Power Place Academy, any school, any school, you work in school, work in a school, you work in a school, I want you to stand. If you're a student in a school, I want you to stand. If you're a student in a school, you can be college, you can be, doesn't matter, any age, I want, I want you to stand. You're, you're a student in a school. Come on, can we give it up for these? Stay standing, stay standing. Number one, number one, you're a leader. Number one, you're a leader. If you've never been told, you're a leader. I don't care if you're in a public school. I don't care if you're in a private school, a Christian school. Uh, you are a leader in your environment. And you have students, you have people, you have seniors, you have people looking at you, seeing your every move and how you're going to respond and react. 
You're a leader. And so this year, 2023, 2024 school year, lead well. Lead well. Daily encounter the Lord. And when you come into his presence in the morning, Lord, lead me today so that people can actually follow me where I'm headed. Because they're going to follow you no matter what, but you want to lead them somewhere and somewhere holy. And so lead them to Jesus's feet. Let them find his presence when they find you. Amen. Come on, all over this place. Just lift your hands. Stay standing for me. Lift your hands. Jesus, right now, I pray for these. Lord, I pray your anointing power rest on them in Jesus name. I pray Holy Spirit come and have your way in them and through them. God, I pray that they're a light in every environment, whether it's dark or light. Lord, I pray that they would bring light to it in Jesus name. We thank you, Lord, that these right here are fire igniters. Lord, I pray that they would go into every area and bring your presence. We love you and thank you for all that you are. Pour your spirit out upon them in Jesus name. And everybody said, amen. 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 You may be seated. Amen. We're talking about the supernatural. And today I want to talk to you about supernatural mind and wisdom, supernatural mind and supernatural wisdom. Supernatural wisdom is, is something that's completely different than earthly wisdom. Earthly wisdom goes to the senses and to emotions, while the wisdom that is from God reflects him. Earthly wisdom says, always follow your heart. Godly wisdom tells us in Jeremiah that the heart is deceitful above all things. While earthly wisdom says seeing is believing, godly wisdom tells us in John that blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. While earthly wisdom says love your family and friends, godly wisdom tells us in Matthew to also love your enemies and bless them. While earthly wisdom says there are many ways to God, godly wisdom tells us in Acts there is only one way to God, and that's through Jesus Christ. There's a difference between earthly wisdom and godly wisdom. Just because a businessman has a big business doesn't mean that God's blessing is on it. Did you know that? Remember, when we talk about fruit, just because you see someone with a big house doesn't mean they have good fruit. You don't know what they did to get that house. You don't know if God's exposed them not yet or not. You don't know. You don't know how they got there. Don't look at the outside and just think, ooh, that's something that I want, so I got to do what they did to get that. No. God's blessing is on those who follow him in obedience. That's one of our core values here, obedience. We say obedience is the key to life. Obedience is the key to getting to God's victory. If I'm in an obedient place, if I, if I continue to walk in obedience, then I place myself under his protection. Because what I've done now by obedience is I've gone under and submitted myself to leadership. One of the hardest things to do is humble yourself and submit to leadership. No amens? <laughs> That's how hard it is. I told you, I'm not lying. <laughs> you all agreed. Your silence agreed, okay? Submitting yourself to leadership, coming under, is one of the hardest things to do. And here's the thing. When you come under God's leadership, God's leadership rules and reigns in your life. And so everything you do goes back to him. And then it's really easy when you submit to God to submit to... It's really easy when you submit to God to come underneath a church and submit to a church. It's really good. That's why we always say, hey, what church are you submitted to? 
it, it, it's a key line here in this house. Hey, what church are you submitted to? Are you submitted to a house? Because you need to be submitted to a house because when you're submitted to him, it's really easy to be submitted to a house. Amen. In Isaiah 33, verse six, it says, he will be the sure foundation for your times, a rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge. And here's the key. The fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. So all of these things wrapped up as a treasure, the key to it is the fear of the Lord. So you can have all of these things with the fear of the Lord. John Bevere says in the book that uh, Pastor Billy was talking about, The Awe of God, that current day church has broadened the entry into heaven so much so through grace that everyone is losing the fear of the Lord because they don't need it. It's easy to get into heaven according to current Christianity because grace has washed away everything. Let me have a real moment here with you. Grace and love are true, yes and amen, but you cannot wake up daily and think you just have access to God when you're living your other life. You can't have both. You can't have both. You can't have both. The church today literally has lost their fear of the Lord. We've lost our fear of the Lord. So what we do is we come in, we put on a show for Sunday morning and it's, oh, this is great. And then Monday comes around and we're right back to our same thing. Well, I'm, I'm a really good person. Well, but your tongue is loose. And since your tongue is loose, what you've done is you've gotten yourself in a position where you're just out talking about every, and God is like, oh, I don't know if I can touch that. And so he's retracted from, because you're just out doing whatever you want to do. And then fear, oh, comes back in on Sunday morning. Oh, Lord, I need to, I'm so sorry. I haven't reverenced you, Lord. Uh, I apologize. And then Monday, you're right back to it. And Monday through Saturday, the fear of the Lord is completely gone. And the problem is God can't honor that. So what he has to do is remove from that. And now you work really hard at happiness because you can't achieve joy. So now you're working really hard, which we talked about last week. You can't achieve joy, so you're, just, you're, you're, you're striving, and there's no striving in this presence. You're striving for happiness. It's like, why can't my family ever be happy? Why can't I just like my wife? Because you've removed the fear of the Lord, and when you've removed the fear of the Lord, nothing and no one can have your mind or your heart. And so now you walk around almost blinded by your troubles, almost blinded by who you've created you to be in your own eyes. When you look in the mirror, who do you see? Do you see what you've created or do you see what God has created in you? Because you see, when I look in the mirror and I see who God's created, when I see who, who was created, I'm like, yo, God, you got a sense of humor. Like this boy looks like, like straight up a joke. Like really? But when I see who God sees, things start to shift. And now all of a sudden, I know that what he's put inside of me can come out because what's inside of me needs to come out because people need to hear what God has done in and through me. 
So now all of a sudden my testimony becomes loud and God starts to work. And then when I come under that umbrella of obedience, all of a sudden wisdom comes and just starts to drop. Not earthly wisdom. Hear me. Not earthly wisdom, godly wisdom. And now supernatural wisdom starts to be placed on my life. And now I can make big decisions fast and come in and be like, oh, this is great. I never even thought that way. I didn't know I could lead that way. I didn't know I could do that. I didn't know I could say that. Wow. Where did that come from? And God's like, gift. It's a gift to my obedient. It's a gift to the obedient. Those who fear me, those who, who come into alignment with me. And remember what, what Pastor Billy said is true. It's not a fear that's I'm, I'm terrified of him. No, I'm, like, I'm terrified to be away from him. So everything I do, every choice I make, I'm like, Lord, is this going to please you? It's like, it's like being a child and, and, and you're doing something that you know might be bad and you might be getting a consequence if you do this. Because all you're thinking of is your dad and that big thing in his hand. Right? For some of you, it's a loose, wavy thingy. Rhymes with schmelt. Some of us got a Lowe's paint stick. The large one. I'm not going to say who. You fill in the blank. And so when you, when you were living, when you were acting, when you were responding to the world, when you were walking through, in the back of your head, you said, this might result in pain. So automatically, I'm going to rethink this. Should I actually do this? And this is what the church has lost. So we live life however we want because God's grace is so good and his love is huge and it's great and I'm going to take advantage of it. No, 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 no. The fear of the Lord is being like, oh, Lord, should I? Oh, maybe I'll be slow to speak because that's what your word says. So I'm going to come into this in alignment with you and say, Lord, should I? I mean, really? Uh, For some of you, your lifestyle outside of this church is perverted. Now, you're okay with it because you're numb to it. And I'm getting somewhere. I'm, I'm going here. Okay, I'm, I'm going here. I'll, 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 get, I'll land this plane in a second. But hear me. For some of you outside of these walls, you're perverted. So when you come in on Sunday, you have to work on your wording because you don't want the church to know that you're perverted in your mind. So now every conversation you have, you almost have a muffle over your mouth because you're like, I got to be careful what I say here because I don't want them to see the true colors. When in reality, God has your cards. He knows your hand. And so you're not, you're not playing him. You're just playing the church. This is the problem with today is we've lost our fear of the Lord. So we don't reverence him anymore. We just put on a front for the people around us. But God knows our true heart. And when he sees our true heart, he retracts from those who are living in disobedience. The Bible says in Matthew 7, verse 13, enter through the... <laughs> it's not a broad entry. Okay, let's, 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 let's be real. Okay, we value real here. So let's go ahead and lean into this hard conversation because intentional conversations lead to health. Let me be real with you for a second. It's a narrow gate. It is a narrow gate. Get your life right because it's a narrow gate. It goes on. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. 
and only a few find it. Ooh, James 1.5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Understand, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask. That's easy. We should ask. We're going to ask God. It's going to be great. Who gives generously to all. (laughs) That's great. But you have to read on. See, this is the problem. We, We get so consumed with just the first few lines. Like that would have made a great Instagram verse. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all. I love it. This is great. Everybody gets wisdom, 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 wisdom. Take it. It's free. No, 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 no. To all without finding fault. And it will be given to you. So can he look at your life and say, that's a person without fault. I can freely give wisdom. Or there's some things in your life that are holding him back from being able to pour out. He gives so to those who are living for him. All you have to do is ask. Let me give you some practical advice. The more time you spend with the world, you become more like the world. This is practical advice. This is super easy. The more time you spend with Jesus, you become more like Jesus. Super easy. Practical wisdom. Your sensitivity to his voice can easily be snuffed out by distance. Let me say that again. Your sensitivity to his voice can easily be snuffed out by distance. When there's distance in between you and him, when there's distance in between his presence and yourself, it's easily snuffed out. So let's ask this question. If wisdom comes by asking, but only given if obedient, the responsibility to steward wisdom is on us and not God. Four of you got that. It's really going to impact you this week, but I want to make sure that the whole room gets it. If wisdom comes by asking, but only given if obedient, the responsibility to steward wisdom is on us, not God. He gives to those who are aligned with him. Psalms 111 verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have good understanding. To him belongs eternal praise. There's there's like this rhythm in the Bible that continues to bring you back to the truth. Every verse on wisdom, it's like it begins with the fear of the Lord. It begins with the fear of the Lord. Let's move on. Proverbs 1.7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, just in case you didn't catch it. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. Let's move on. Proverbs 4. Verse seven, the beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. I love it. Just different ways to say it. Though it costs all you have, get understanding. Ooh, there's a price to be paid here. There's a price to be paid here. You can't just do what you've always done and get what you expect. You can't do what you've always done and just think you're going to get it. Oh, but I want what they have. So I'm just going to daily encounter him. No, (laughs) no, 
Through his presence comes humility, and in humility, you start tearing back layers, and now once you tear back layers, then you can actually come before the Lord and say, Lord, it's just me. Understand, I want all of you, so what do I need to get rid of and shed so that I can have these things applied to me? Ooh, Proverbs 9.10. We're just going to keep going. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, (laughs) just in case you didn't catch it. You think he knew? I think he knew. I think he knew the world would be looking for wisdom and start making dumb choices, putting different people in leadership that shouldn't be in leadership, and people following people in leadership that shouldn't be following those people in leadership. And now all of a sudden, you've got all of these pastors and, and woke Christians and, and people leading and guiding places that we shouldn't be going and preaching these massive messages on everybody's good. That's cold. That's cold. That, that, that is straddling the lukewarm line saying, hey, listen, we're just here. We're just chilling. We're all good. You can do what you do. I'm going to do what I do. I'll come in. I'll preach a nice message on Sunday. It'll make you feel good. And we'll just pull you into this web that you're not going to grow in. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. The knowledge of the Holy One The knowledge of the Holy One, which means I have to spend time in his presence to get that knowledge. I need to know him. And in knowing him, I get insight. By knowing his voice and being able to differentiate his voice versus my voice. You know, that's one of the biggest questions from Christians today. How do I know the difference between his voice and my voice? That tells me you've done more time talking than listening. You know, if we get into his presence and say, speak, Lord, your servant's listening. I just want you. I, I just want you. Things are going to come in your way. Uh, 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 it was about three weeks ago, two, two, three weeks ago, and I'm, I'm running in the morning, and I'm running. It's around 5 a.m., and it's pitch black. Okay, it's pitch black. Ain't, there, ain't, there ain't nothing. It's just me and my dog, Walt. Okay, Wilbur, Walter, Wallace, it's whatever you want to call him, Okay. And, and, and so we're, 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 on, we're running, and it's just us. We're in the park, and, and I'm, I'm running, and I'm, I'm running up this hill. And on top of the hill, it, I mean, it's pitch black. I got my earbuds in, and while I got my earbuds in, it makes everything else around you a little creepier because you can't hear anything. Just making sure we all understand. You know, I'm like, I'm in my own world. And I see this, I see this silhouette on the top of the running trail. It's sitting up on the pavement where I'm headed. Okay? I just see a silhouette. So I'm like, yo, chill. So I don't stop my stride. I'm just continuing to run. And we're running slow. Okay, We're running really slow. It's, it's the way we roll. So we're running and, and we're, I see it and, and I'm getting and I'm about 15 feet from it. And all I can see is a silhouette, but I'm coming up a hill and I see the silhouette and I'm like, literally, I go, yo dog, you better move. <laughs> now, previous about 150 feet back, this buck had just interrupted me and run across from me. So I'm already in a state of like, yo, what's around? Okay. So he's, he interrupted my run and he runs in front of me like, how, you know? So now I'm running, like hesitating, like everything. And I'm like, this is basically how fast I run right here. Just a slow jog. I'm basically, if I was in the mall making laps, I'd be with the gray haired lady. We'd just be rolling. And, and so I'm running up this hill and there, there, there's this silhouette and I go, yo dog, chill, get out. And, and, and it stays there and challenges me running up on it. Now, at this point, I get a little louder. I'm like, yo, move. 
and it takes off and it ends up to be a fox. Okay. Now I can't make that out until I get up to like literally 10 feet away from it to see what it is. And in that moment, I felt my spirit say, I'm glad you never stopped moving. And I was like, Ooh, okay. What is that? What's the importance of that? He said, your, your, stri- your, your strides forward are what made the opposition move. It's continual movement forward. So I've got to continue to move whatever pace we run. Okay, we ain't, we ain't trying to judge. We got, you know, someone in the room that might run an eight to 10 minute mile. I might be at the 14 to 20 minute mile. I'm not worried about it, okay? Don't judge me. Doesn't matter what pace I'm running. It matters that I don't stop moving. Ooh, it doesn't matter what the opposition is. You might not even know what it is. Start praying against it. Come on. If you know his voice, then you know when something wrong is in the room. <laughs> when you know his voice and there's intimacy between you and the father, all of a sudden, you know when something is in the room shouldn't be. So now you start facing it as, hey, yo, chill dog, get out of here. You start talking to what is coming against you. Oh, man, may the church get more boisterous with the demonic. I'm sick and tired of a church that's resting while the demonic is having a heyday. It's time we rise up. It's time we rise up. There's, there's such a hunger to take over a city and say, this is kingdom-minded, and this is where we're headed. So we're going to build it into us to where I don't fear. You can't distract me. I'm going to continue on walking on. And God's going to continue to honor. And those things that thought they had me, they have to go. (laughs) At the mention of his name, they have to flee. They have to flee at the mention of his name. And so right there, you continue to move and make progress. In Proverbs 2, it says, My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. Indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom and his mouth, uh, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He holds success in store for the upright. He is a shield to those who whose walk is blameless. Oh, man, let that challenge your spirit. Is your walk blameless? Or can I put my finger on some spots in your life that might need to shift, might need to change? If so, change them. Let this be the day you start changing things, shifting things in your life to align with the Father so that he, as the great Ah, who he is comes in and says, that's a blameless son. That's a blameless daughter. Wisdom, knowledge, discernment, insight, favor. For he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. Then you will understand what is right and just and fair. Every good path for wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you and understanding will guard you. Wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men, from men whose words are perverse, who have left the straight paths to walk in dark ways, who delight in doing wrong and rejoice in the perverseness of evil, whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. 
Wisdom will save you also from the adulterous woman, from the wayward woman with her seductive words, who has left the partner of her youth and ignored the covenant she made before God. Surely her house leads down to death and her paths to the spirit of the dead. None who go to her return or attain the paths of life. Thus, you will walk in the ways of the good and keep to the paths of the righteous. For the upright will live in the land and the blameless will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land and the unfaithful will be torn from it. Use this as a warning in your life to check all bases. Are you completely blameless before the Lord? The Lord wants to pour out on his children. He wants to hand freely his gifts. We tie his hands. We tie his hands. So today, Lord, I give you all of me. I give you every ounce, every area, every door that I've closed off to you, I open up so that you can see. Every nook and cranny, it's yours. It's yours. Maybe for some of you in this room, you've had some things that you've suppressed in secret. God wants to expose to light so that he can pour out blessing on you. He wants you to be filled with wisdom. He wants you to be filled with knowledge. He wants that for you. Don't tie his hands. First Kings verse, uh, chapter three, verse three. <clears throat> I want to talk to you about Solomon. See, Solomon... Solomon started right. So I'm going to walk through this story and help you to understand that, that God wants it all for you. He wants it all for you. He, he wants it all for you. Are you tuned into him? Are your ears his? Are your eyes his? Is your heart fully his? Or are there limits that you've put on him? Today, I want us to tear back some layers and say, Lord, everything that I am, I give to you. First Kings chapter three, verse three. Solomon loved the Lord. Walking in the statutes of David, his father, only he sacrificed and made offerings at the high places. And the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there. For that was the great high place. Solomon used to offer a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, ask, what shall I give you? And Solomon said, you have shown great and steadfast love to your servant, David, my father, because he walked before you in faithfulness, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart towards you. And you have kept him this great and steadfast love and have given him a son to sit on his throne this day. And now, O oh Lord, my God, you have made your servant king in place of David, my father, although I am but a child. I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen a great people, too many to be numbered or counted for multitude. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to govern this, your great people? It pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this. And God said to him, because you have asked this and have not asked to yourself, for yourself long life or riches or the life of your enemies, 
but have asked for your self-understanding to discern what is right, behold, I now do according to your word. Behold, I give you a wise and discerning mind so that none like you has been before you and none like you shall arise after you. I give you also what you have not asked, (laughs) both riches and honor, so that no other king shall compare with you all your days. And if, everybody say if, if you walk in my ways, keeping my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, then... I will lengthen your days. Three key words. If keeping, then. If you walk in my ways, keeping my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. And Solomon awoke. And behold, it was a dream. Then he came to Jerusalem and stood before the ark of the covenant of the Lord and offered up burnt offerings and peace offerings and made a feast For all his servants. I'm going to give you above what you asked. Since you asked for wisdom and discernment and didn't come to me for riches and all of these other things, I'm going to give you both. I'm going to give you wisdom and discernment on government and all that stuff. And I'm going to give you riches and long life. That's cool. I'm sorry. That's awesome. I'm going to start asking for Christmas presents different. Straight up. What do you want this year? I'd like a package of discernment, please. Great. Then I'm going to get you the brand new set of because you had. That's awesome. So what that tells me is God loved Solomon's humble heart. Humility. <laughs> it's everything. We talk about it every week because it's the way. It's, humility is the foundation to be built on when we're humble and we come into his presence and say, Lord, I just want you. And I'm in the midst of all of these people and I don't know how to lead them. God, can you give me discernment on how to govern them? Because I care so much about you. I want you to be honored through me. So Lord, pour out. I need you. Humbleness, huh? It's one of my favorite songs. Humbleness is what you need. I just wrote it on the spot. Humbleness. I've sang it before here, so it's pre-written. Humbleness. This, this right here is a message that could offend because if you're in a position right now where God is not pouring out, you could be in a place where you are removed from his pouring. So I I know, I understand. This is like a a, a touchy subject because in reality, if I step back and I look at my life and I say, Lord, are you pouring out or are you not? I might be snuffing the discernment. Moving on, 1 Kings 4, verse 29. And God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding beyond measure and breath of mind like the sand on the seashore so that Solomon's wisdom surpassed the wisdom of all the people of the east and all the wisdom of Egypt. 
for he was wiser than all the other men, wiser than Ethan, the Ezraite, and Heman, Calcal, and Darda, the sons of Mahal, and his fame was in all the surrounding nations. He also spoke 3,000 proverbs, and his songs were 1,005. That's a lot of songs. He spoke of trees from the cedar that is in Lebanon to the hyssop that grows out of the wall. He spoke also of beasts and of birds and of reptiles and of fish. And people of all nations came to hear the wisdom of Solomon and from all the kings of the earth who had heard of his wisdom. He he didn't even have to to promote. God's wisdom promoted through him. Now everybody's like, I got to get around Solomon to hear some of this wisdom and discernment that God's blessed him with. They're drawn to clarity. We say it all the time. There's no confusion in the word of God. We confuse it. God brings clarity to those who ask. And so people are drawn to Solomon in this moment because they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I need to get around someone that knows and speaks clearly. This is incredible. And so now all of these high kings and, and, and everybody's coming and being like, Solomon, talk to us. I, I just need to be in your presence. Talk to me. What is God saying? How do you see these things? What, how do you know these things? And Solomon is just, it's free. It's freely coming from him. Why? Because he's, he's based it in, his, in God's presence. And so now all of a sudden, God's favor is all over him. And he's just, he's just speaking out. Doesn't know. I didn't go to school for it. God just honored him with it. People are like, I got to be around that. How do I I submit to that and come under that? I need to hear. I need to receive. Solomon was doing so many things. He building a palace, started to to add furniture. I mean, you read in there about the columns and everything. I mean, he's, he's, he's just got it. I mean, the wealth, the riches, just at all. The wisdom, he's like, yeah, let's build it right there. Yeah, we're going to do that. And ho, oh, God's just pouring out. Check out what happens. First Kings 11. Remember, there's all of Kings, okay? We're all of First Kings, you can read it all. But I'm just kind of giving you the, the big nuggets of where he fell. First Kings 11, verse 1. Now King Solomon loved many foreign women. It all starts somewhere. The fall has to start somewhere. So godly wisdom, riches, understanding, discernment, everything. He had it all. God was pouring out and was continuing to pour out on Solomon. I mean, he had some of the greatest men underneath him being like, pour. Now, ah, King Solomon loved many foreign women, along with the daughter of Pharaoh, Moabite, Ammonite, Edomite, Sidonian, and Hittite women from the nations concerning which the Lord had said to the people of Israel, you shall not enter into marriage with them, neither shall they with you, for surely they will turn away your heart after their gods. Solomon clung to these in love. Two options, who to love, God or these women, and he clung to these. He had 700 wives. Polygamy at its finest. 
700 wives, okay? You think you have drama in your home, okay? You, you think you have arguments? Seven, I'm not done yet, 700 wives who were princesses, so they were even spoiled brats, okay? Let's just be real. And, oh, we're getting ready to go into four digits here. 300 concubines. And his wives turned away his heart. It's a heart issue. Look at your neighbor and say, it's a heart issue. It's a heart issue. It's a heart issue. For when Solomon was old, his wives turned away his heart after other gods. How, how, Solomon, how can you go from being infatuated with who the Holy Spirit, God, God, who he is, how can you be infatuated with his presence and just want to be around him and say, Lord, I don't need your riches. I don't need, I don't need, I just want your discernment. I just want who you are. God pours out and you see, you see all of these things. Not good enough because I have an attraction to this. And so this pulls my eye off of this. And now all of a sudden, this goes away. Ah, and now your discernment is gone. Now your blessing is gone. And now all of a sudden, out of nowhere, since you removed your eyes from the promise, you get no promise. And so many of us live here. We, we live like this. God, you're so good. Yeah, I love you, Lord. Yeah, I know. I know, Lord. Just give me one minute. Lord, is, I know. Hold that thought. And the problem is, you spent too much time in the world, so you become numb to the things of the Lord. And that's why you're able to sit through a movie in the movie theater while Others wouldn't be able to sit through that movie, but you don't hear it anymore because you're so numb to it. You don't even hear the profanity coming out of their mouths. You've gotten so used to it by the crowd that you hang out with that watching it does no never mind to you. The problem is you have no problem with it because you get in your car every day and just listen to talk radio. And so it's invested in you and now it's pushed down inside. And now that's all you live with. So it's the stress and the worry of the world and, and it's okay and anxiety is real and I'm, I'm just going to take medication and get over it and all these things and this is who I am and this is what I've been because that's what I hear all around me. If you would start to listen to the right source, you would know that anxiety is a spirit. It's a demonic spirit trying to attack you and it's trying to waver your mind from knowing who he is. Come on. You would know that the enemy is after you and wants you. And so the moment that you're here and you start looking here, you know that that's a demonic source coming after your spirit. He wants your soul. So the moment you start to give attention to things away, this looks good in the moment. It might feel good in the moment. Are you willing to lose all of God's promises over that? I mean, really, when I said 700 wives, every husband was like, heck no. <laughs> every husband, every man in the room was like, dude, you couldn't bet me. I wouldn't pay, be paid a million dollars to have 700 wives. Ain't no way I'm taking that drama. Guess what? Solomon was here. I see 700 women, 300 concubines. They're mine. 
their mind. I don't see the Lord anymore. I want that. That's my goal, and that's what I'm after. Lost everything for them. Distraction will be the thing that takes you away. And as you get more distracted, you become more obsessed with the things of this world. And now you become curious. And curiosity killed the... Now, that's a good line because I don't like cats. So (laughs) kill all the cats you want. Okay. If I was going to become president, that would be my slogan. (laughs) Kill the cats. Okay. Anyways, um, I haven't found the verse yet, but I know it exists. Cats are demonic. Anyways, um, so, it's genuine. I, I just ticked up a lot of cat lovers, though. I could feel it. I felt a rise in the room. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but what about Fluffy? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but I don't know. Anyways. Ooh. Ooh, curiosity. I just want to feel it once. I just, I just need to go. Ooh, I just want to dabble just a little bit. I uh, felt right. I got to say it felt right. Why do you think the devil created something to make it feel right? Because he wants your mind. And if he can have your mind and start building curiosity, he's going to start pulling you in that way more and more. Do you think it started with 700 wives and 300 concubines? Nope. Started with a thought. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You read it. As just fact. No, no, no. Go back. It's a process. Solomon's human just like me and you. So where did it start? It started with a thought. Ooh, this is why we say, take your thoughts captive and give them back to God. Lord, I had a thought. I didn't like it. <laughs> Listen, I'm not going to act on that thought, but I'm giving it back to you. So here it is. It's yours. So now, now I'm in a place where I'm constantly here. I had a thought, Lord. I, I wanted to look, but Lord, it's you. It's you. So I'm giving that thought back to you. And I'm not breaking confidence with you, Lord. I'm not curious about that. No, 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 no more. It's, it's all me and you. And now this, this whole, we're walking together and working together. And now we're here because the thought turns to one action. He didn't just make an announcement. Be like, I need 700 wives. Who's going to line up? No, it started with one. Started with one night, one, one instance, one, one area of his life where he gave a piece of himself. And in giving a piece of himself, he started to give his mind over to the enemy. Ooh, some of you need to hear this. You're like, oh man, I would never do seven. I, I, I could never, I could never have 700 wives. I, I what are you giving to the enemy? Stop deleting yourself from the story. What are you giving the enemy? What are you giving the enemy? What are you giving? Who, who are you giving your time? What are you giving your time more than God? That's your addiction. If you were to say, I need to have a daily encounter, oh, but really I need to be doing this, that is more important than your daily encounter. So what you've done is you've replaced God with a thing. If work is your excuse, then work is your God. Because you can't wake up at 4.30 a.m. because you got to be in work at 5.30 a.m. So you would never be able to wake up an hour earlier for God and go to sleep an hour earlier because my show's on. So that show has now turned into your God. Oh, you think I'm playing. You think, oh, I'm going here. I'm going to drive in. This is what the Lord wants you to know. You are replacing his presence with something, and it's taken taken the top rank 
ah, uh, in your life. And now all of your focus goes to it. Well, I could never do that because then I would miss. Hmm. It's a heart check. It's a heart problem. Curiosity starts it. Action ends it. And the problem is when action happens, distance is created. Read on. His wives turned away his heart. Notice how it says his wives. It was his company. Didn't say Solomon turned his heart away just because he wanted to. Mm -mm. The company that he was hanging out with started to have a pull on his heart. His wives turned away his heart. For when Solomon was old, his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not wholly true to the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. For Solomon went after Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. So Solomon did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and did not wholly follow the Lord, as David his father had done. Then Solomon built a high place for Chemosh, the abomination of Moab, and the Melech, the abomination of the Ammonites. I probably butchered one of those words. It's fine. On the mountain east of Jerusalem. And so he did for all his foreign wives who made offerings and sacrifices to their gods. Why, Solomon? Easy for us on this side. Why? As you read this, why, 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 would, you, why would you throw it all away? You had wisdom like none other, and you threw it all away. Verse 9, and the Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart had turned away from the Lord. God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice and had, had commanded him concerning this thing, that he should not go after other gods, but he did not keep what the Lord commanded. Therefore, the Lord said to Solomon, since this has been your practice and you have not kept my covenant and my statutes that I have commanded you, I will surely tear the kingdom from you and will give it to your servant. Yet for the sake of David, your father, I will not do it in your days, but I will tear it out of the hand of your son. However, I will not tear away all the kingdom, but I will give one tribe to your son for the sake of David, my servant, and for the sake of Jerusalem that I have chosen. Done. That's what you choose? Done. Practical advice, biblical advice, you can't serve two masters. You can't serve two masters. A house divided against itself cannot stand. You cannot serve two masters. You cannot have both. You have to choose. What do I want? Do I want holiness? Or do I want worldliness? 
Worldliness leads to death and death to hell. Just so we're clear. And the path is not broad. It's narrow to get to heaven. And if the church would fear the Lord and go back to the original love of the father and just wanting to be in right standing and in his covering, this world would not be the same. This world would not be the same. In Matthew 7, verse 21, I find it crazy because I did not talk to my wife, Brittany, uh, about this. And this is where she went this morning in closing worship. And this is how good God is and what he does in setting things up. Verse, uh, chapter 7, verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Go on in verse 24. Therefore, everyone who has who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. And it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he, had, he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. Understand the difference between building your house on a firm foundation versus building your house on the sand. Worship team, you can join me, please. It is time that we start looking at the foundation that we're building on. I don't know where you're at in your life. I don't know where you're at in your walk with Jesus, but I do know this, that your foundation is the most important part of building. Did you know that? Did you know that if there's a crack in your foundation, you are subject to fall? You are putting yourself in a place that is dangerous territory. Dangerous territory. You, you are putting yourself in a place where you might get distracted and walk away from one crack. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Stand with me, church. Last week, I, I read the prophecy about the dam being broken and how this church will be the wrecking ball that breaks that dam over this city, that the water of the Holy Spirit, that the rushing water is coming in to change lives and change this city with a great cleansing. At the end of service, I was jumping around on the stage. My water bottle didn't have a cap on it. And it fell over my journal. I started, my ankle started to get wet. I opened my eyes and saw that there was a waterfall coming off of my table. After service, I took my journal and I put it back 
and just leaned it up here to dry out. And I noticed that the water came over. My computer was here. It came over and didn't touch my computer. And I came in. I got my journal later after it had dried and I opened up to the page that it had poured out over. And I noticed that the water only ran over the prophetic word. You can see over, I've written this since. Didn't know why when I wrote this prophetic word to leave a blank down here, but I felt like I needed to turn the page. The Lord was leaving this space open to write about the prophetic water. I'm telling you, you think I'm joking. You think I just make all this stuff up. I'm serious. I'm in my prayer time this week and I'm like, oh, Lord, oh, water, flow. Like, you, you think I'm joking. Like, I, it doesn't, the water doesn't stop out of my eyes, okay? I am a buffoon behind closed doors, okay? The vision of the dam breaking around this city. God is flooding the city with a rushing wave. Nothing won't be affected. Revival will be housed in this house and accompanying healing. This house is the wrecking ball against the dam. This house will be the host of his presence, a house God can trust to host him with no agenda of gain. Let me steward this prophetic word for a moment. We believe in stewarding prophetic words over this house. We go back over in staff meeting and we steward and we steward and we steward. We take words just so that you know, prophetic words over this house are not expirational. They don't expire. There is no expiration. Oh, we're, we're still seeing uh, uh, expansion. We're still seeing expansion in this house. We're, we're still living on last year's word, and we will continue to live on that word. They don't expire. The water ran over, and I turned the page just to make sure that the water didn't go through the back. All of my words on the back of the page are in perfect condition. It's just the ink from the page in front that bled through. And I'm like, Lord, what are you doing? What are you doing with this house? This is what I wrote. I read this prophetic word in church on 7-2023. Date the prophetic words. Know where they came from. Know where they came from. Write them down. So that in years, ooh, in years to come, you can sit down with your children and be like, look, 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 7, 20, 23. Oh man, I know that was so long ago. Look what God was doing back then. Oh, stewarding what God had spoken. While we were singing and praising at the end of service, my water bottle fell on top of this, this, this page and unleashed over the side of my speaking table. When I saw it, I felt the Lord confirm the word and I heard him say, it's now. It's not coming, it's now. Come on, every hand lifted all over this place. Just wanna take a quick moment. I just wanna take a quick moment. I want you just to hunger for him in your own way. I want you to hunger for him. Let your voice start to rise. I just want you to hunger for him. Let your voice start to rise. Just hunger for him. Come on, lift a praise. Lift a praise. Lift a praise. Lift a praise right here in this moment. Just lift a praise. Just sing out, sing out. Glorify his name. 
Glorify his name. He's worthy of praise. He's worthy of praise. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let his presence. Come on, let his presence affect you right now. Let his presence affect you right now. Oh, he's so good. Oh, he's so good. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Oh, Father. Thank you, Jesus. 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 One thing that uh, Jan Anderson, Pastor Jan Anderson, one of our apostolic elders here spoke over us was that we were going to be remnant reformers. I believe that the dam breaking, there will be an army that leads the way. It's not for everybody. It's the few that are willing. It's not for those that are one eye on God and one eye on everything else, just trying to do both and trying to maintain a relationship that everybody else can see. Oh, I just, I'm, I'm good with him, I promise, but I got things going on behind the scenes that you don't know. But I'm, uh, just wait, because the Lord's gonna expose it. I wouldn't wanna be you in that moment. I would expose it first. It warns us of this in the Bible. If you don't expose it, he will. He'll, be, he'll bring those things from private into public. And so you start to expose those things. Man, I, I, I tell you, I see an army leading the way as the dam breaks saying, come, follow me as this rushing water is going forward. We're on our way somewhere. Ah, and the victory from the most high is coming with me. And as I walk, as I move, as I pray, things are on the other side of my prayers. Things are on the other side of my prayers. When I pray for someone to be delivered from cancer, God moves. Why? Because I'm in full alignment and he's pleased. And so therefore there's a response on the other side. And so all over this church, I wanna have a real moment. I wanna have a real moment. If you need to get right with the Lord, I want you right where you're at to get right with the Lord right now. Lord, there's some things that I need to expose. There's some things that I need to bring to light. There's some things that I need to get right. Lord, my, I, I've been a little distracted, Lord. Curiosity has been killing me. And so right now, Lord, I come into alignment with you. Come on, give yourself to Jesus right now, fully, fully. Just go ahead and, and, and go through every area of your life. Be like, man, that's a piece of my heart that I haven't given fully to God yet. Come on, just start to give him right there, right where you're at. Sacrificially give it to him. As you lift your hand, sacrificially give it to him. Lord, I, I give you me. I give you all of me. I give you these hidden areas. I give you these, these things that I've been, I've been distracted by, Lord. Right now, God, I pray snuff out the curiosity. I hand you, I hand you, I hand you these thoughts. And I say, Lord, take them captive, Jesus. I don't want them anymore. God, I pray. I pray that you would expose the things in me that need to be exposed. God, I give you my heart fully. I give you my heart fully. Oh, thank you, Jesus. 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 Oh, thank you, Lord. 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 Don't stop, church. I feel it. I, I just feel his, his pleasure in this moment <laughs> of you exposing those areas giving him full access into everything. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Right now, we declare freedom in Jesus' name over any strongholds. Right now, in Jesus' name, we declare freedom from any strongholds. Come on, just receive it. Right now, in Jesus' name, we declare freedom over any strongholds of the enemy. Right now, in Jesus' name. Right now, in Jesus' name. Right now, in Jesus' name.